I liked this movie. This movie was bad. I did not like this movie. Movie bad. Bad movie. I loved this movie. Fuck this movie. I really did not like this movie. Oh no! Don't ruin the movie for me! I loved this movie. The movie was good. Alright, I just want to warn you, spoiler alert. We're live. What's up? Hello, I'm eating grapes. Yes, we are back for the first 2021 edition of Spoiler Alert, a moving picture podcast. Uh, here with me, Eric, your one host is Nick, the other host. Hey, Nick. Nick is yeah. me. Yeah, eating, enjoying his newfound passion, which is grapes. Had one every day since the year started. Or not yeah. one. I've had grapes every day. Oh, you've had one grape a, a day. And it's January 10th, so you've had 10 grapes, and that's been your only food of the entire year. We, uh, yes, so we're back after a week hiatus to kind of get settled and enjoy like a little time off after the new year. And we wanted to come back strong. We got a whole fun year set up this year. It's going to be big. Spoiler alert, it's about to branch off into a whole whole thing. Going to ruin my life. Yes, exactly. And I'm here to help ruin it. I do my fun assistant job anymore. Nope. We're leaving our jobs and becoming podcasting. We're going to make so much money. So much money. It's been a pretty long week in everything, not film. Uh, the world's kind of been a little crazy. So we're hopefully here to help usher in a new, a new timeline. Uh, <laughs> The timeline is the MCU, which is what we're starting our little journey throughout the year. I don't know if it's going to take, it probably take us the first half of the year, right? Yeah. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of a rewatch of the MCU and we're going to release every so often, probably once or was it twice a month we came up with? I think it's once a month. Yeah. Once a month, we're going to do uh, like multiple movies, part. multiple movies kind of put into parts. We're going to kind of go over the timeline and just kind of go through the MCU and see how it all unfolds. As people who already kind of know what happens, we're just going to watch it from start to finish in chronological order. So today's part one, it's kind of a little prologue. We're doing uh, Captain America, the first Avenger and Captain Marvel are two movies that we've watched and we're going to kind of go in depth on and just kind of discuss. But before that, how are you? How has your year been so far? Um, absolutely impeccable. No notes. Uh, every day has been an absolute dream. That's the attitude we all need. Not even the stuff at the Capitol. That didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. Never happened. This is the different timeline. This is the MCU timeline. Oh, the the Triskelion or whatever that building's called from Winter Soldier, the one that gets attacked. Um, are you going to ask me how I'm doing? Or are we just going to jump over this? Oh, am I supposed to do that? I, didn't, I don't know. You're supposed to be kind of a respectful human being and be oh, like, hey. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. It's been It's been a long couple of days, but I'm excited to be back recording because – it's kind of become something I look forward to each week. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to sit down with you. We, uh, we've decided that we're not going to do in person for recording for a bit because we suck at, we tried to record probably three times and it's too much darn fun. Uh, yeah. So, but we're back and I'm just excited to be back. I've been, uh, banging out Spider-Man Miles Morales since I got it for Christmas so uh, I have one mission left. Oh, really? I just got past, um, I guess, spoiler alert. for That's the name of the pod. Uh, you probably passed this, but I just fought uh, Rhino and um, the Tinkerer, who you find out is your best friend. Uh, she um, kind of, she ran off and like it said, like, if you ever, you know, try to stop me, I'll kill you. So it kind of seems like it's leading to like a tragic ending. She won't pick up your calls. No. I mean, I haven't got Pat to that yet, so I don't know that. So, oh. so don't spoil. No spoilers for me. Call Finn, she will not answer. No spoilers for me, but everyone else can be spoiled. Uh, who, you know, because there's six people in this world who have a PS5, so <laughs> we're one of them. Uh, yeah, so I've just been banging that out. Watched a couple movies, uh, which we might as well just jump into and discuss with what we watched. I. I've been trying to catch up on a couple 2020 movies that I missed to kind of finalize like a best of last year. Um, so, yeah. But uh, do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first? I feel like you went first last week. All right. So that's why I'm going to take it. Uh, All right. What have you been watching? 
Um, I have like my main thing that I want to talk about, but also today I watched Bridgerton, the first episode, and it was actually like delightful. You know, I didn't expect much out of it because I'm not a big period piece guy, but I, it was fun, like banter and like family. Is the CGI okay in that? Because that's the one thing I saw was that the CGI was a little spotty and it's like hard for a period piece. Did you notice anything? I didn't. I, I mean, in the first episode, I don't know where there would have been CGI. Maybe like on the big sweeping shots, like of the grand ball or whatever but all right well i don't know i pretty handsome i've heard that he's being looked at as a potential james bond replacement so someone already tossed his name out there because any hot british guy they're just like hey you should be james bond um but like the actual thing that matters in my life is soul uh watch that movie on like a, I guess like a week ago, something like that. Like last. It was. Week. It was when we. It was the day we were gonna try to record. Yeah. It was the day before that, and then we did. We decided we we're gonna take a break because, well, we were together and we were lazy. But yeah, soul. Yeah, I said uh, my thoughts yeah, on it already. Amazing movie. Highly recommend. Um, I I'm not gonna go super in depth on it because like, I have nothing new to say about it. But um, it's like the exact kind of movie, I would want to make. Like it was like a perfect movie. Uh, instantly shot to my uh, favorite of all time list. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you just seem to love ex- La La Land. Yeah, you're you love existential movies. You like to question your your self worth. Yeah, it reminded me, sort of like Palm Springs thematically. Um, no, I would say in terms of the movies that that I'd compare that to, it was um. Palm Springs reminded me of like a good little like comparison comp piece and then uh the other one I've been talking about is I watched I'm not going to talk about this one but I watched Spontaneous and uh that one's all about like kind of living your life and enjoying the moments you have and you know kind of goes and it kind of felt like I was like wow it'd be a really weird double feature with that and soul but they're both kind of asking that question like purpose your purpose is something that definitely helps drive your life but um the most important thing is to appreciate the small moments in your life and i was just like damn yeah that's what i loved in the ending of soul where the yeah the whatever what is it charlie or jerry or something the big terry is like or so yeah so mr soul is like oh no it was jerry yeah, yeah we never found out what uh 22's purpose was and jerry's like Oh, you mentors and your purposes. I thought that was such a good, like, fuck you idiot yeah. way to end the movie. But, like, in a fun way. Yeah, very fun for a movie about what is life. So, Soul, is your movie you're highlighting? Yes. Would you recommend it? Yeah. I also watched Dr. No, which is great, very good, you know. Uh, Dr. No, classic. One of my faves. Uh, okay, my turn? Yes, you may go. Uh, the movie that I watched, and I've definitely kind of beat it off a little bit the past week, uh, the movie that I watched uh, the past week and one that might have shot to my top of last year is a, a movie called Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. I've talked about it quite a bit to yes, you. Uh, stop. Oh I know. Um, it's a movie about a young 17 year old girl who, um, has a accidental pregnancy. Like, is that, what was the, what's the term? Isn't pregnancy? That's uh, that's the fucking word I was thinking of an unplanned. We're back in 2021 and I still can't think of words. Uh, Uh, 20. So we have, um, a young girl named Sydney who has an unplanned pregnancy and, uh, wants to get an abortion so her and her cousin travel from PA to New York City to get an abortion because in New York City you don't need a guardian there if you're not 18. Hmm. Didn't know that. Shout out Bill De Blasio. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it's just this like really unconventional road trip kind of kind of movie with uh, these two girls. Um, try basically just trying to get an abortion. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't have any like angle it's trying to get at you telling you like abortion's bad abortion's good it's just essentially like this is what women or women and young girls have to experience Mm -hmm. on a daily like it happens daily and um it's in terms of unconventionality i think that's the word right 
unconventionality. I believe that's a word. Okay. Uh, they, these, there's not really any character arcs in this movie. There's not really any, the girls don't really learn anything like, and it's just kind of like a slice of life kind of movie where these girls are just, you're just essentially on the adventure with them. If you could call it an adventure. And yeah, uh, I don't know. The movie just hit me in a really, really hard way. Um, it kind of, it really puts you in the shoes of this girl dealing with, you know, how men treat women and how like young girls are taken advantage of. And there's a lot of like, you don't really learn her backstory. You don't learn how the pregnancy came about. It's kind of alluded to in like one of the best scenes in the movie. It's her being asked questions um, before that, before the abortion, uh, the Planned Parenthood is just asking her like questions like, um, does anyone hurt you or has anyone sexually assaulted you? Or was this, you know, or are you safe? And just kind of, and like, just the, just the, um, no, it turns out Sydney Flanagan is the actor. Her okay. name, their name is Autumn. Turns out Sydney Flanagan is non-binary actually mm-hmm. in, uh, in, uh, real life. So that's, that's pretty cool. Shout out to them. But, uh, yeah, they, um, just getting asked and the re like, you just watch the, their eyes and just like the, the pain and like, that whole like women don't feel or anyone you don't really feel safe speaking up because like it's you're afraid that it's going to be looked down on or you're going to be looked at the you're going to be looked at as the issue or it's going to be your fault and I don't know it's just it hit me and there's just a lot of scenes like that and yeah afterwards I was like shit that might have been the best movie I've seen last year saying it's my favorite you know I can admit saying it's my favorite because it's like there was something kind of like calming and personal about it it's very it's a good movie though very great i would recommend it it's on hbo max it hit me a lot and i still i haven't stopped thinking about it yeah, yeah I, i've noticed yeah this is a great movie yeah. yeah that's what happens it's the art of cinema baby <laughs> just it was it was great though i would highly recommend it i know you won't watch it because i've given you like eight movies to watch and you just don't watch them it's hard to keep track yeah well I'm gonna start. I'm gonna clock. I'm gonna clockwork orange you and fucking tie you down and clamp your eyes open. Oh, whoops! I'm gonna clamp you. I'm gonna clamp your eyes open and just you're gonna have to watch this movie on repeat until it hits you the same way it hit me. I'll think about it. But yeah, never rarely, sometimes always. It's currently on HBO Max. Is it uh, extremely loud and incredibly close? No, because that movie sucked, and this one is good. <laughs> The, the title is just seems to me. yeah i know i know uh that one was a weird movie the the other one dangerously close to the, i'm pretty sure like it was about 9 11 i've noticed the movies that seem to be like about something else and then just add 9 11 in as this plot point never end up being like never work <laughs> yeah i can't think of one good movie that was like that <laughs> that robert pattinson one where it's a love story and then like the third act plot twist is like oh yeah it's 9 11 you're just like whoa did not expect that like that was out of nowhere yeah, that's a hilarious but, joke they put in at the end yeah well i don't know if it was supposed to be a joke but it hit it it was it hit me <laughs> it was great comedic timing. uh yeah but uh the other thing i want to highlight very quickly is something that you've got me to start watching is ted lasso uh, I won't speak much about it, but I'll just say that if you're one of the nine people who has Apple TV Plus, nine you, people have it. <laughs> you should uh, you should definitely give it a watch because it's not super funny. Like it's a comedy, but it's not super funny. It's just really heartwarming and comforting, and it's just very it's an easy watch, and it just makes you kind of like just makes you happy. I don't know. I've just felt like I think yeah. it's actually very funny. I, I think, think it's I think, Ted Lasso says this whole I think it's funny like in that but it's not funny in that like it's always sunny or like normal sitcom way it's got this like it's like Bob's Burgers kind of funny. yeah it's like it doesn't like have it, it's still kind of naughty it, it doesn't and it doesn't elicit me a like super hard laugh it elicits like a chuckle just like a damn I would Ted Lasso is just a good dude yes yeah so I would recommend it I'm currently I think on episode six I think there's 10 episodes in a season believe you're right so yeah i'll hopefully be done by next week and yeah highly recommend that yeah so should we hop on into the uh, news yeah all right news wise i don't think i mean covid's spiked 
again, which I think it's just always spiking. Uh, so there have been a lot of industry news. There's been, <laughs> there's been some shutdowns. A lot of productions have kind of taken to a halt. So nothing really new on that. And then I've noticed that's worth highlighting. The one thing I'll say is in terms of our HBO Max saga, which I seems like I'm just a paid promotion for them. Uh, Warner Brothers is planning to introduce a new payment structure with filmmakers, cast, and crews based partly on HBO Max's streaming fees. Uh, they're trying to figure out a deal essentially to try to like complement the the filmmakers whose movies they moved to HBO Max to try to, I mean, because... What's happened over the past week is Dune. Uh, Denny Villeneuve was kind of saying, yeah, I really want to push for a theatrical release. I'd rather the movie get postponed until next year, if that need be, to issue a theatrical run, like a, a normal um, theatrical run. Legendary Pictures is like, all right, we'll back you. In terms of Godzilla vs. Kong, which is another legendary funded um, movie for Warner Brothers, that sounds like they kind of figured out a way to like pay for HBO Max to pay Legendary the sum of money that they're asking in order to keep that staying to HBO Max in May. Uh, and it seems like the rest are going to go through with it. I did hear if Dune goes through with a theatrical run, you're probably going to hear movies like The Matrix 4 because Lana Wachowski said, thinks that she was pushing for a theatrical run. I mean, I would assume that if Warner Brothers is going to be like, okay, uh denny we think your relationship is valuable we want to push for that then i mean i'd assume like other filmmakers are probably going to be like yeah well we also think that we should get that treatment yeah so, i'd imagine i can't imagine why a filmmaker wouldn't want a theatrical run if they yeah. can get it yeah but i mean i'm assuming movie you know not to have super high expectations but i'm assuming it'll be more so for movies like the matrix 4 or space yeah. jam Dune, like movies they assume will probably play better in theaters and make more money than a movie like next this month you have when Wonder Woman gets taken off of the service. You have the little things, the Denzel, Jared Leto, Rami Malek um, yes. crime movie, which looks really good. But that movie like that will probably do way better on a streaming service than it would in a theater. Like I know that's more of a mid-budget movie star kind of crime movie so that there is a chance that that kind of hits, hits its, finds its footing in uh, like a January, end of January, early February type release date in theaters. But I don't know. I think a movie like that on a streaming service would be pretty, or like, um, there was another movie that I heard that was like, you know, this movie would probably, it's way better for a movie like that to come out on a streaming service because the way indie movies roll out, it's like, oh, this movie comes out one week and then it starts to like expand out and then some most people don't end up seeing it because they don't know it's in theaters whereas social media will kind of push this into like look at the new big movie coming out this week i forget the movie that i heard that's going straight to streaming but um is it yeah in the cloud is that coming out no that's out that's out already though i saw that's on uh, on my yeah that's like a 20 dollar rental though so oh. but that's because it's in theaters right now Steve, man. Yeah. yeah money baby <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, essentially this article on Business Insider just says they're in the process of altering the deals with partners to guarantee that they get payment uh, regardless of box office sales and increase the odds of performance place bonuses. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the big Dune's pretty much the movie that's going to probably move off of HBO Max and not go through. But Kong versus or uh, King Kong. No, wait, what the hell is it called? Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong that'll that's gonna have a deal so that should that should end up on the service which that's a really big one to me it ends up on the service like that's that is like that movie honestly probably should be seen in like a big imax theater but a movie like that ending up on like a big service is huge yeah uh so that's really like the big news story that i could that i found i mean i don't know any other you got kevin oh yeah kevin feige star wars movie has a writer co-writer and it's the who happens to be also the both the writer for Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and also Loki season one and now Loki season two, which has been announced that's going to be releasing. His name is Michael Waldron. He's got a big fat overall deal at Disney. Yeah, he's just running, making the big bucks. Uh, but yeah, that Kevin Feige Star Wars movie is probably going to be pretty sick because. Uh, and the other Star Wars movie announced the writer. Oh, no, that's not 100% true. 
Oh, what? That said that it was hinted at. Uh, should I we bring it up? Any facts. Should we bring it up? Aaron Sorkin was supposed to be writing. Yeah, so apparently I'll find the I'll I'll pull the article up and I'll read it. It's been rumored that I mean it's not been rumored. Patty Jenkins is uh directing the Rogue Squadron Star Wars movie. It's been announced that there's a second writer that's going to help co-write the script. So Patty Jenkins is writing the treatment and then she's gonna hand off her treatment to another scriptwriter. And when asked about the screenwriter and who it is she said essentially um here it is here's the article so patty jenkins teases screenwriter patty jenkins is currently in the middle of writing her treatment almost finishing that up because the movie the movie's not going to release until christmas 2023 so essentially once the treatment's done they're going to jump right into writing the first draft uh she said that there is a another screenwriter that's going to take over the mantle and write the script from the treatment and when asked about the mystery man, Patty Jenkins said, I want him to have his own proper announcement. So I'm going to wait until that comes out, but we're very far into finishing the treatment basically, which is pretty big. Uh, and then just saying like, um, yeah. So, and then to go into that, there was a little bit of time ago when Aaron Sorkin and her did this like, zoom interview thing for i forget what it was when wonder woman was coming out and trial chicago seven they did like a little bit like oh i think i remember that i think it was on yeah. the hollywood reporter yeah and yeah it was definitely i think it was the hollywood reporter because they always do something like that every month they do like two uh directors or writer director or whatever but um they kept saying like how they really want to work together, how they can't wait to work together. And everyone's kind of seeing like, it, it's gotta be Aaron Sorkin who's writing the star Wars movie. Cause just the, the way the timing is going out and just like, which, so it's, really it's a, funny if it's just like Simon Kinberg, some like real non exciting choice. Yeah. It's gotta be someone of merit. Cause she wouldn't be like being like, it's someone big. It's yeah. gotta be. It's gotta be someone like an Aaron Sorkin. It. Yeah. It, it, Marty if it. I don't. Does he usually write his movie? He doesn't usually write his movies. No, he does not. But if Aaron Sorkin's writing a Star Wars pilot movie, like, dude, that movie is going to be the best movie ever made. Yeah. Or the or not, because that's that's the risk you take with any movie coming out. But, um, <laughs> no, I I would be really excited for that. I mean, I loved Trial of Chicago Seven. I know you did too. I've loved. Yeah basically everything Sorkin's done. I haven't seen every one of his movies, but everything I've seen that he's had a hand in has been great. Um, people forget that he even, I think he, he wrote the first draft of Moneyball. Oh yeah. Or he did. No, I think he wrote the first draft and then um, another big screenwriter rewrote the second draft. Tom McCarthy. No, but that would be sick. It was um, Steven Zalian. Oh yeah. Who's like, yeah, big one. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin, just writing a Star Wars movie with Patty Jenkins directing would be pretty fucking awesome. Cause, uh, All right, let's, let's be the first to break the news. Let's say that it's actually happening for real. We're right? Sick. If we're wrong, then we're going to have a rough episode. <laughs> All right, uh, you heard it here first. For any news site wanting to pull a clip. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Aaron Sorkin is writing Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Okay. Take that to the bank. Yep. It's 100% happening. We said it, so that makes it true. All right, so that's, I mean, that's all the news, unless you have any other news that you've heard or... I mean, I'm not allergic to grapes anymore. That's pretty big news. That's 100% true, but that's old, that's old news because you, you ate grapes last time. I ate, no, I didn't eat grapes in the last episode because Did... we didn't record before. Oh, you're right. I had grapes on New Year's Day for the first time. Oh, yeah. My last allergic reaction to them. All right. Sponsored by grapes. No brand, just the grapes. Yep. All grapes everywhere. All right. Let's hop. Let's hop over from news to. Do we? Is it? I believe we have two movies to talk about. Yeah. All right. So here's how we're gonna do this. We're splitting table read of both scripts. Yep. For four hours each, and we'll be playing every and we'll be playing every single part, just us two. No. All right. I'm going to do a little explanation of how we're going to do this and kind of lay it all out. So it's going to be a little longer this week just because I want to kind of help explain. All right. So we've decided 
to uh, start kick off the new year, we're going to do an MCU rewatch. And it's not really going to be like the same amount of movies each week that we talk about. Like, um, I think when we do like an Avengers movie, we're just going to solely stick to that Avengers movie because that's like an event. Uh, maybe like Civil War because that's a but also I don't know like that's kind of more of an event too like certain movies might warrant their own episode Um, but for this week we decided for a little like prologue we were just going to handle Captain the two captains essentially Captain Marvel Captain America that start off the MCU Um, and yeah we're just going to kind of release every week we're kind of getting into a whole new thing we want to do where we're going to start probably jumping into some series watches together because uh yeah, because next week's another one that might be a little fun. Vroom, vroom, bitch. Oh, <laughs> either. Yeah. Don't be, don't be spoiling nothing. Haha. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to jump to the year 1944 to start the uh, – our MCU just, I guess, go – like, walk through, go through, watch through. Yeah, watch through. Yeah. Uh, Actually, it turns out it's 1942 is when Captain America, the first adventure, like that's the first seed. All right. Okay. Before we jump into it, Captain America, the first adventure. We're doing this in chronological order as well, too. We're not doing it in release order. We're going to do it in like, uh, yeah, but I just want to make sure that people are like, what are you starting with that one for? We're starting the years that the movies take place. That's how we're going to go. So Captain America, the first adventure. Rogers, Steven. Just give me a chance. Sorry, son. I'm saving your life. General Patton has said that wars are fought with weapons, but they are won by men. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. Our goal is to create the greatest army in history. I should be going with you. Look, I know you don't think I can do this. This but... isn't a back alley, Steve. It's war. But every army begins with one man. Five tries in five different cities. I can offer you a chance. He will be the first in a new breed of super soldiers. Why me? Because the weak man knows the value of strength. Knows the value of power. That wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. We're going to win this war because we have the best men. Now, Mr. Stark. They will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. a 2011 American superhero film based on Captain America had a budget of 140 million or to 216.7 million let's just talk about the movie the art man oh I was going over the release of it but all right fine no budget we don't care it was we're not not here for numbers we're here for the story all right are we just gonna because this is (laughs) all righty so to start off uh, a bunch of scientists in the Arctic uncover an old frozen aircraft. Uh, it's revealed that there's a shield frozen. And then we flash back to 1942 when Captain America, well, no, not Captain America, when Johann Schmidt uh, and his men are looking for mysterious relic, which we come to learn is kind of a big deal throughout the whole MCU that like kind of lingers throughout the entire 22 movie run. It's in the first two movies chronologically but it's also just in all of them like the, yeah. it never goes away until the the Did big one the Hulk? no but i mean just like it lasts forever like 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 it's crazy that like in captain america in 1944 the tesseract is a big deal and then you go to like age of ultron and the tesseract is still a big deal yeah. like it's just shit like that that's crazy or like um i mean infinity war obviously and and game are big but anyway so they're looking for the tesseract and then we have they get their hands on the tesseract it has untold powers we it to us right now 
we're kind of, it's kind of just this mysterious MacGuffin. So we don't really understand what's going on. So, Cause I'm trying to watch it from like an objective standpoint where like, I'm trying to pretend that like, okay, I'm just going to watch these movie at a time. I'm going to try to just let the journey unfold. I'm going to try to forget what happens. It's really hard to do that, but I don't want to like, I want to see like all the little breadcrumbs that are going to be laid out and then like how they're going to be fucking fulfilled later. And it is cool seeing like, like watching the final scene where he's out in New York and it's like a, it's like a teaser for something that we wouldn't know what's actually going to be happening. That's also, to me, that's great too, is, is that it's kind of the, when you watch that, because originally it started with Iron Man 1 and uh, that big post credit scene was, you know, the whole like, we're starting the Avengers initiative with Nick Fury and everyone was like, oh shit, it still works watching it this way. And then seeing that teaser still be Nick Fury, you like, you don't know who he is. You're just kind of like, oh shit. Like, he's just like, the world's changed, Captain. Um, it is really cool. World, trying to save it. <laughs> just did the first scene and the last scene. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's the, that's the walkthrough. <laughs> and the middle part is like, whatever. No, all right. So we, we, ju- we jumped to New York City in 1943. And Steve Rogers is this lanky little CGI headed guy. Cause that's what they do. Um, and he's been trying to get in the army. He wants to help fight for this country. He wants to, you know, he feels like just because the, the army is telling him, I, you're not physically like, we don't want you because you're, you're too fragile. He still feels like he owes, you know, he owes his life to the country. He feels like it's not fair that these other guys have to go over and he shouldn't. Um, that was a very common sentiment, I feel like. I totally don't feel that way about <laughs> joining the war. Yeah, well, we're not, we're not Captain America. Uh, so he gets rejected like four times. Uh, his best friend, James Bucky Barnes, enlists and goes over. He's kind of more your, your – he, he looks more like your, you know, your standard, like, bulky, built, six-foot man who's like, all right, that guy fights in the war, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and Steve tries his luck one more time, and then um, Dr. Abraham Erskine notices this and essentially goes, like, we have a way for you to probably join the war. Um, and everyone's kind of just like, why are you picking this lanky guy? Why wouldn't you pick the guys who – why wouldn't you pick the guys who essentially, like – are built and just make them bigger. And it's just like the whole mentality of Erskine is you can change your body, you can change your physique, but you can't change what's in your heart. And Steve Rogers has the courage and the the drive of a good person, as opposed to like the other standard military men who are definitely just bullies. And like, if you amplify the good in someone, you'll amplify the bad. So eventually Steve's kind of taken uh, he's he's picked, and they. It turns out that it's Howard Stark is running the program. Little little, little teaser for what's coming up, and yeah, it's interesting when you watch it in this order because like <laughs> you see the legacy of Howard Stark before you even know about Tony. I know it's it's like there are benefits to watching it in release order. There are pros, but I do feel like it's kind of cool to like Howard Stark. And then it feels like a legitimate like TV series when you watch it in chronological order because it's like it starts with a Game of Thrones style epic almost. Yeah, it starts with Howard Stark, and then right after you watch, and then you get the Iron Man. It's like oh shit! Like now we get to see his son, who is the complete opposite of him. They do both have a little bit of that like playboy. Let's go fondue. Yeah, <laughs> it's cheese. Yeah. Oh, also about Cap getting tested on or, or doing experiments on him. In the WandaVision, like the Legends episode about Wanda, there's the clip where Cap's like, what kind of monster would let a German scientist experiment on experiment on them to protect their country? And it's like, oh, he has a connection with uh, Wanda. Yeah. We're not so different, you and I. We're not so different, you and I. Yeah, so he gets picked. He becomes obviously the bigger super soldier with the serum being injected into him. And yeah, essentially the movie kind of just divulges into Captain America trying to find his footing as a a hero. 
um, kind of being paraded around as this this propagandish figure, and then uh, essentially taking it upon himself to go like he learn he learns that his friend Bucky and his their battalion um, and the whole battalion actually was captured by the Germans and the Tommy Lee Jones character I forget his like general's name Chester Phillips. Chester Phillips. Is that actually it? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I totally thought you made it up right now. No, it's Colonel Chester Phillips. Alrighty. I Uh, I always think I just thought of him as Colonel. Colonel Phillips won't send anybody over because he's like, it's too dangerous. These guys are essentially already dead. And Captain America's like, more men than we'd save. Yeah, he's like, Captain America's the no man left behind kind of guy. He's for the boys. So he essentially runs over saves the day brings his buddy back and then they kind of just you know divulges into a little bit of a montage where that's actually my one flaw with this movie i will say is if you watch this and something like you watch wonder woman the first one wonder woman feels like it's a little bit more better paced uh version of this where like it actually shows the purse it shows the hero performing the war duties and saving the day as opposed to this it feels like they're kind of like as much of this movie works for me, it definitely this movie it def- definitely feels like it was like we gotta just set up Captain America for the Avengers. Like that's kind of what this movie yeah, ultimately the, the feels like. The second act is a little rushed with the whole like montages, rescue missions. You know, yeah, let's wrap this shit up. But weirdly enough, still like you find like when uh, the scene when Cap and Bucky are on the train and Bucky ends up falling off the train which is another little breadcrumb that you're not going to find out for like nine movies now. Like that's kind of how this, but like, it is crazy. Like, yeah. Watching it in that order, you would have no idea that that's going to be him. I know. And so far away. And um, Bucky, Bucky falls. So cap kind of, you know, he's obviously taken it pretty hard. We haven't even mentioned Peggy Carter yet. His, his one true love his love interest. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get to the point when cap, ends up getting captured by Johann Schmidt, but it turns out it's part of his plan. Johann Schmidt is revealed earlier to be Red Skull. So he's he's kind of like this he was the first the first experiment essentially. He was he he was the first Captain America where they realized that um you know good will be amplified into great but bad will be amplified into Red Skull. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's the first Captain America, but he was the first super soldier. Well the first like version of what captain america will become yeah Yeah. uh body not the yeah the fit that face though (laughs) he's a cutie yeah so he becomes like this like demonic looking figure it scared the shit out of me when i was a kid no yeah yeah he was it was creepy he's creepy guy and then like there's the little there's the parts where it's like kind of hinted at that there's something underneath his like fake skin where like he gets punched and like his skin kind of looks like it's hanging or something like uh, yeah it's not really yeah. yeah so captain america ends up fighting uh johann schmidt after the whole remember the part with the planes and like the the nukes the little nukes that they're flying around in yeah. and there's a part when like the one guy goes straight into the blades and you're like holy yeah. shit that's gnarly for a pg-13 movie like you full-blown yeah. blood and guts it's a, it's a classic um Indiana Jones. Movie. I know that's what it reminded me of. This movie feels like a, a 1940s serial. Like that's yeah, the- it has a lot of the, um, like the old event adventure like tropes to it. Mm-hmm. Yo, uh, Red Skull ends up getting, uh, I don't know, teleported through the Tesseract. Like he ends up getting teleported into another dimension or something. I don't really. They don't really explain like where he ends up going, but we'll find out that later in, in our watch. I mean- as far as we know, he's dead, and he just dissipated. Yeah, so we think so. It's it's kind of like he again. he just evaporates, and then the tesseract falls in the ocean. Uh, Cap learns that the ship essentially is going to. Uh, it's all. It's like it's gonna go to New York. There's really no way to stop it unless he brings it down. Classic hero moment. Realizes that he has to. You gotta put it in the water. He's gotta put it in the water. So he realizes that he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to, you know, live a normal life, be be with the one woman he loves, Peggy. So there's this real like heart heartbreaking moment where she, they're talking about this, you know, inevitable 
dance that they were going to have and then he crashes and we think oh shit cap died but really we know that he's going to end up in 2010 new york city and that's 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 captain america the first adventure uh so he's currently in present day waiting on us as viewers to catch up to him in the avengers so we'll be there so that's one avenger down so now, should we? You got anything else to say about Captain America: The First Avenger? Or um, I liked it. I'll say I liked the movie. I also like the movie. Like I said, I think it's a little bit of a like a like the middle act feels like they're kind of like rushing to get him to the end to set up the the first Avengers movie. But I think for the most part, this movie does work as like a like a fun little adventure. It's not my favorite Captain America movie, but um, it's still a good. It's still a good good movie and still a good start to the mcu for us to start it with from this yeah. like from this chronological order tone, you know? yeah it sets the tone it's all right comic booky like it is one of the more comic book it has more of a comic book feel yeah it does definitely Avengers or marvel movies mm-hmm. that's captain america the first adventure we're going to fast forward now to the year 1995 Excuse me, miss. You know anything about a lady blowing a hole through the roof of that blockbuster over there? Witness says she was dressed for laser tag. Oh. Yeah, I think she went that way. Uh, I'd like to ask you some questions. Maybe give you the 411 on the late night drop box. Can I see some identification, please? Veers, pre-star force. We don't carry our identification on little cards. Veers. Star Force. How long do you plan to be in town? Oh, I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. Captain Marvel, which release-wise is the 21st film in the MCU, but in our in our order, recent. Yeah, in our order, it's number two. Uh, it's the year 1995. We meet the Star Force member Beers, who is suffering from amnesia and has recurring nightmares with a involving an older woman. Uh, this takes place on the Kree Empire's capital planet of Hala. Jan Rog, who is played by Jude Law, who's just like fucking chewing scenery. Wait, did you even say who is play- who Veers? And- oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, Veers, young woman, played by Brie Larson. Yeah. <laughs> and the older woman is played by Annette Benning. Jan Rog is her mentor and commander is training her to try to control her superpowered abilities using this thing called the Supreme Intelligence, which is like an AI that the Kree essentially like rolls over the Kree. It's kind of like it's kind of like their god, but it's like yeah. but it's freaky. It's yeah, so it's a computer it's a and it's a powerful thing. And it essentially just uh, helps her try to keep her essentially it's that classic like you can't let your emotions get the best of you. You gotta turn off your emotions because emotions will complicate your ability to be the best soldier you can be um and then you know we learned that they're going to go on an undercover operation to try to uh rescue one i think it's one of their scientists isn't it it's like a scientist or something i believe so uh from from the scrolls who are the big bads in this movie uh, an alien race of shapeshifters who the kree are at war with what the Kree just hate them because they're different. Yes. And Veers is captured during a big battle by Talos, who's the scroll commander, who's played by Ben Mendelsohn, who fucking rolls. And he's Australian as fuck in this movie. Yep. Veers is on the ship, and they're trying to pull memories to try to find out who this woman is that Veers is seeing. Veers escapes and ends up getting crashing, essentially, through, through an escape pod to 1995 Earth. Uh, into a blockbuster which i mean at when you see like all the 1995 shit and like how this movie's filmed like a 90s buddy cop movie like that's the thing that i kind of really like about captain marvel is it's essentially like lethal weapon with young sam jackson and brie larson he's great as young sam jackson as himself yeah yeah like he he does know he plays like a younger version of himself like he's he's tapping into that like really young not grizzled sam jackson like less motherfuckery sam jackson actually i found out 
a really funny thing. This I don't know if you've heard this. Do you know why Sam Jackson says motherfucker so much? Wasn't it like he had a speech impediment? He had a stutter, and it helped him get over his stutter by saying motherfucker, which is like the coolest thing in the world. That's what Joe Biden should do for his uh, stutter. Happy happy President's Day, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're in L.A., 1995. S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, Nick Fury and Phil Coulson are investigating her presence and, like, why she's there. And then the scrolls start attacking, and Veers kind of is looking into the past, trying to figure out who she is. And it leads her to Phil Coulson in a bar – or not Phil Coulson. It leads her to Nick Fury in a bar, um, and they essentially just go on an adventure together, an air bar. And they essentially just try to go on an adventure and – Yep. The one thing I want to bring up now that we just talked about that, though, you know how Nick Fury and Phil Coulson say S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Remember in Iron Man 1, Nick, Phil Coulson's yeah. trying – yeah, like that's the that's one of the war- – that's the rare time where Marvel didn't think of their continuity. Yeah. But I – and I tried to find, like, a justification for me to kind of be like, it's whatever, but I'm just like, nah, they just totally forgot yeah, that. Yeah, I really don't think there is one. Yeah. Rather than, like, Phil Coulson becomes – weirdly formal and it's like i'm not doing acronyms anymore in 20 years later or could be it though like we could tell that could be it i don't know yeah, higher up and he's like all right it's like when you can't call your fraternity a frat because you can't call your country a cunt same kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm from my cunt yeah so mirrors and fury go to project the Project Pegasus installation at the U.S. Air Force Bar, and they discover that Veers was originally a pilot who died five years early or six years earlier uh, while testing an experimental light speed engine decided by Dr. Wendy Lawson, who's the older woman that uh, Veers keeps seeing. Fear, and then um, Fury kind of leads Shield to this base to try to capture veers and then uh it turns out that Talos also ends up coming because he's using uh shield director's disguise as his shape-shifted disguise and fury and veers essentially escape they escape or they escape in a cargo jet with goose the stowaway cat who steals the movie yeah. we love goose Amazing actor. and they fly uh, uh, orange tabby cat is that right mm-hmm. yeah they fly to louisiana and meet Maria Rambo, the last person to see Wendy Lawson and Veers alive. But, uh, you know, and I'll explain who she is when we kind of get to the reveal. Veer, uh, Rambo, and her daughter, Monica, who is going to be showing up in the WandaVision show on Friday. And apparently is a huge deal. Like a big, a big, I guess, a big part of the MCU moving forward. I saw, spoiler alert, I saw in the trailer. I didn't, I, I didn't see anything. Yeah, I don't want to know. I, I'm doing a better job. Cool. It's a cool little Easter egg. All right. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. We find out that Veers' name is Carol Danvers and was essentially Monica Rambo and Maria Rambo's like family. So it was Mo- or Maria's best friend, kind of like an aunt to Monica. Um, Talos and a couple of his scroll combatants show up at they show up at uh, Maria's house and it's revealed in like a huge twist, like actually one that does a really good job. Like I didn't realize how, like it's the whole movie. It's you're thinking that the scrolls are these bad people and it's revealed that the scrolls, the Kree are actually the bad guys in this scenario and are only attacking the scrolls because they're, they're different was what you said. Like they're just, they, they're just different. They're peaceful people who want to live on their own and refugees. Yeah. And that's kind of where it's revealed. So uh, Carol essentially links up with Maria and Nick Fury and Talos, and they go and try to save the rest of the remaining scrolls to help them kind of find a homeland. And because now realizing the Kree are the bad people, they take the battle to uh, the, I guess the Kree, was it um, Randy Lawson's like ship or it was like her, her facility up in, up in the sky. And yeah, then there's a huge third act battle, which actually I gotta say, third act battle in um, Captain Marvel is pretty good. Like for a Marvel third act battle, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty exciting. And yeah, and then it's revealed that the the source that powers um, 
this space engine that Wendy Lawson was building is none other than the fucking Tesseract, which comes into play. Wendy Lawson or, uh, and Carol takes the Tesseract and essentially they're trying to get it off the ship and keep it because they know that's what they're looking for. Or they know that's what the Kree are looking for. Uh, there's a big battle. Danvers is captured by Star Force. Interacting with the Supreme Intelligence, she removes the Kree implant that kind of suppresses her powers and she goes full fucking Captain Marvel, just glowing like a nightlight. What's the, is it, did they call it Supernova for her? Yeah, Supernova. She goes full on Supernova. Fury gets Goose back and Goose is revealed to be an alien flurkin who's essentially just a cat with a huge tentacle mouth. Yeah. And he's the one who takes, he takes the Tesseract, eats it, and that's how it gets down on Earth. Which is a fun way to answer all those questions about, like, why is it always on Earth? <laughs> yep. And Danvers... Fucking dest- cat. <laughs> Dan- Speaking of the cat, we'll get there in a minute. But Danvers destroys a Kree bomber, forcing the Kree officer Ronan the Accuser, who we will meet again later on, and his squadron to retreat. Ronan says something along the lines of, like, I want the weapon, I want the girl, so it's assumed that, I guess, Captain Marvel 2 might be another prequel movie that'll kind of go into, like, maybe... Yeah. Them doing a lot of shit in between Captain Marvel and Endgame. Yep, that's true. So uh, there's a whole, there's a lot to work with with Captain Marvel too. Um, Danvers goes on a journey to help the Scrolls find a new homeworld. Fury uh, receives like a little modified pager in order to like, you know, if if need be, if there's a super big emergency, which there eventually will be, you can call me and I'll be there to help. And then before that, you find out that Fury, the reason he has only his one eye is it's not from anything crazy. It's because he got scratched by a flurkin, which I think is kind of funny and like kind of a troll to the, the rest of the Marvel audience who thought like, oh, he sacrificed himself and lost his eye. No, just he got infected. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in the final scene of Captain Marvel, Fury drafts an initiative to help locate heroes like Danvers. Mm-hmm. Trying, I think it's called like the Protector Initiative. And it's revealed in the final picture that uh, Carol's call sign for the Air Force was Avenger, and then it's called the Avengers Initiative, and that's it. And then we're, and then we're off. All of this. Yep, and we're off. Uh, I really enjoyed Captain Marvel upon rewatch. I thought that it was actually a lot better than I thought it was. It is essentially just an Air Force propaganda ad, kind of. Kind of yeah. But you know what? It's a damn well-made one. <laughs> just... Yeah, and it pays homage to so many '90s movies, which I found really fun. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love when she steals the the jacket and the bike, and it's a yep. callback to Terminator Two. And I remember you turning to me when we were watching it, and you were like, "Yo, Terminator Two, buddy." I need your clothes. Yeah, uh, and also the one, the early like the first act when they're in like the foggy forest fighting scene was like Predator. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's yep. And uh, a bunch of other ones I can't remember. That foggy scene bothered me when I first saw it in theaters because I thought I couldn't see, like I thought it was just really badly filmed. And then I saw, and then I saw it uh, this time around, and I was like, no, it's actually pretty. Like, I was like, I can't figure out who's who. Like, I don't know. But then I realized upon watching it again, I was like, oh no, it actually does a pretty good job. It's just filmed like that. And I think the Mandalorian's fog episode helped me, helped me kind of appreciate that style of filmmaking more. I liked it. no, I thought it was really well done. I think it does a really good job between these two movies. I, I'm i really excited to jump into Iron Man next uh, and kind of get the ball rolling because these are, these are the ones that take place before um, we really get into like the main Tesseract, um, yeah. Thanos, Infinity Saga. And, uh, and Thanos is even like, he's a blip at this moment because we don't really know who showed up. He doesn't show up until... Uh, the end of the Avengers, so we're not gonna meet. We're not gonna meet him until we're done Phase One. So yeah, I mean, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to meet Tony Stark and get the ball rolling. I think after this, we're gonna do. I think it's like Iron Man, uh, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, and Thor, and that'll be our next little like segment we're gonna put together as like part one. Avengers. Yep, and yeah, we're just you know. The thing that I really enjoy about Captain Marvel 2 is that in the grand scheme of things, it's it's a big budget movie, but I think, who is it, Anna Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck directed it, and I know they've directed, um, I think they did Lars, did they do Lars in the Real World? No, they did Half Nelson, which is a Ryan Gosling movie. Uh, they did 
Mississippi Grind, which I actually saw a couple uh, months ago, and that's just a poker movie with Ryan Gosling or not with Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn. Really good indie movie, and they did. It's kind of a funny story, which is the Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, this movie in it in it. Mm-hmm. And this movie and, and like indie comedies, and this movie essentially kind of is filmed kind of like that indie personal. Kind of have that like Kevin Smith feel at times. Yeah, like the the whole Kevin the that probably my favorite Stanley cameo is the yeah. and the whole Stanley and the Stanley logo at the beginning where it's yeah. a it's essentially like an homage to him. But the one thing I'll say is like the scene when it's revealed that the scrolls and the are actually the the ones who are not in the wrong here, and it's the Cree. Mm-hmm. That's filmed very handheldy, kind of dark, natural lighting, and it's just like yeah. a lot of it is very, it's very indie. Like I don't know, it's yeah. just something that I picked like up. A, a family dinner table drama. Almost. Yeah, that's what, and I was like, wow, this is weird. And then, and then, and then it turns into this this big intergalactic battle, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, great stuff as Captain Marvel. That's uh, our little two Captain prologue. Uh, do you have any last words to say about either of these MCU movies before we wrap it up with? In the words of Jack Black, I'm El Capitano. You know, that, like in school, right? Yep. All right, we're gonna end it there. We're gonna end the cat. That's that's MCU talk. We'll be back next time. Next MCU with Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man Two, and Thor. I'm excited. How about you? Yes, gonna be. Okay, so we uh we're gonna end the episode with our. I think we're gonna go back to our pitches, right? Yep. Yeah, I got a I got a good one. Not a good one. It's more of a concept. Do you want me to read it? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, first I have one of your weird ideas, and I think I wrote this when I had COVID, so it doesn't make any sense. But it's a uh, it's a four idea. Yeah, it's essentially a role playing game uh, that would move characters against their own will. So it's like they're in a video game and they're being moved, and it's revealed that like players are. So I'm pretty sure that's been made before, but it would just be like daily activities. And it would just be like, yeah, I don't know. You could play around with that a lot. But the one I have is a rom-com idea. An estranged family member dies and leaves siblings their estate. And the house is in bumblefuck and huge. And they wind up having to go up for two weeks to clean and bring their significant other to the house. And the brother ends up winding, ends up having an affair with the sister's boyfriend. I know. I think me and Louie wrote that down. Shout, oh, by the way, before I was, I got yelled at. Not yelled at, but I got, um... Was disappointment that we said last episode that Crystal was the only one who listened to our episodes, and Louie has listened to every single one and said that right. we should shout out. So, Louie, I love you. I'm glad that you are one of our fans, and we're going to get you on soon. We were going to do Eyes Wide Shut, but then we forgot, and then there was a lot of other things that happened. So we're going to save that for when we can all get in person together and have a big extravaganza episode. Our first ever live show. Yeah, with all three fans. <laughs> Um, but going back to your pitch, that actually reminds me of the Thanksgiving feature that I wrote. I oh, know. really? Yo, why don't we just merge these ideas? Well, the feature I don't think is that good. It's got some funny moments, but well, why don't we? Why don't I brush it up a little? I was gonna say our idea. I w- I almost said our idea that we're writing. Yeah, no, that one's real. That one's too good. That one. That one. I don't want to have to go through the whole process of fucking trademarking shit and and then someone steals our idea and we don't get paid for it it's a big idea it's going to be the best thing ever made and we're actually really excited about it all right um well yeah yeah no it's we're remaking disney's dinosaurs but only with puppets (laughs) um you should also watch this is where i leave you i don't know if you've seen it it's kind of similar it's like a family grieving and it's like a dark comedy dramedy type thing is that the one that I'm thinking of? Is that Jason Bateman? Yeah. They're yeah, all like sh- Shiva for their dead father. John Levy he directed it. Who did? Sean Levy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, shit. Sean Levy. I'm just reading about Sean Levy, and he directed Big Fat Liar, Cheaper by the Dozen, Night at the Museum, Obviously This is Where I Leave You, and Stranger Things, but he also was a producer on Arrival. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, he's got a couple weird producing credits. He's got um, Arrival, and then he goes to Why Him and Fist Fight. <laughs> Why Him was actually kind of funny. 
No, uh, I heard an interview with Brian Cranston actually saying like he loves working on that because it was just fun. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of actors love like the movies that might not be received like high art, but like they have fun like just being goofballs. Yeah. You know, the I one that I really liked was like, "Oh shit, you don't say fuck." <laughs> like talking to the kid. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that's my pitch. Um, it's a little bit. It's like a raw idea, but I do. Yeah. I do have a little. We could. We could work with it. In in the feature I wrote, it's like. It it's your your idea basically could be a, like another like a mirror episode to my feature, like you follow a storyline that they don't touch on in my feature. That'd be kind of cool. Because in the feature, like the main character is, it's like their parents' house, and they find their. Uh, like brother and cousin and they're both guys making out in a closet and he just shuts the door and is like we don't have time to get into that right now and that, but that's more of a me being like i don't have time to write this plot line into the movie haha ha. and you know what it's i see the metaphor because there's a closet yeah you're real creative <laughs> i actually don't remember <laughs> <laughs> all right your pitch and then we'll wrap up our episode so i can uh, come over and watch football yeah pretty basic idea i kind of stole from like captain america almost or or no, no, no. it's more like um private en- enchanted or ella enchanted oh i thought you were gonna say private puerto rico like instead of captain america no okay yeah, that's great yeah you're welcome uh ella is ella enchanted the one with amy adams where she like no that's just enchanted ella enchanted is the one with um Anne hathaway right so okay so it's kind of like enchanted but it's like a demigod or like some mythological creature from oh yeah no you told you told me this yeah. idea i like, like this Her- idea hercules comes in to modern day and like he's like a superhero because everyone knows about hercules and he's already an established brand and um i think it'd be a fun way to do superheroes that no it'd be kind of funny seems like hasn't been <laughs> if it was like medusa <laughs> but like she just came in and like tried to go get a haircut but they were just like, we can't fucking do this. Like, we don't know how to cut your hair. Medusa has to go to fucking, uh, like, Petco to get her hair cut. <laughs> but no, I like that idea. I think um, we might have talked about this, like, when I was trying to pitch you, like, God of War. And I was like, you should play this yeah. game. And I think we started to talk about it a little. But not, yeah. I like this idea a lot. Um, yeah, it's, I like, I mean, Fish Out of Water is just a concept that you can kind of, like, always get behind. Yeah. And that's that's, especially when it's someone, like, like a Thor or Poseidon or someone like someone who definitely does not belong in like 2021's yeah. uh, capital storming timeline. I'd also like to do it with like, it's Hercules, but there's like a little twist. Like he has a secret. Like, I don't know what it would be, but something sort of dark about him. He's a dancer. <laughs> yeah. That, it's gotta be that. <laughs> the final battle is he just breaks it's a, out. Into a it's uh, it's like Mark Wahlberg from the other guys. Yeah. It's like I took the dance just to make fun. Yeah, I just took it to make fun of the fairies down the street. (laughs) No, I like that idea. Anything else? Or I think I'm all set. Just just the casual, like, make sure you follow us at Instagram and Twitter at We Spoil Movies. Yeah, follow me at. um, Actually, I just got suspended indefinitely from Twitter inciting a party in my pants cut that out that was so fucking dumb <laughs> no i'm keeping that <laughs> i'm keeping it uh, yeah um i have a new twitter it's uh at beef de bois <laughs> uh because i'm trying to go incognito but also just giving it out on my podcast kind of defeats that purpose i'm not going incognito i just kind of was like meh why not yeah um and yeah we'll be back next week with a uh, another another fun episode of us beginning a little bit of a, a little series watch this one's a big one though because nick had never seen the series before so essentially i'm coming from the angle of i know what happens but nick's gonna be mind blown I'm not gonna tell you guys what it is yet though it's gonna be a lot of fun and we're excited to jump into this marvel one too it's gonna be a good year we're gonna have a fun year this year i'm excited right, to take start. excited to take the journey with you through this podcast just i enjoy this a lot me too all right uh, we just talk like we normally would but we do we just have conversations we record it and then we cut out the bad shit that probably would get us in trouble so it's like it's like 
It's like con- here and talk for five hours. Yeah, it's like conversing. Yeah, really cut it down. We got edited conversing where we say some really bad things, and then we're like, we should probably not let people know we said that. It's great. Everyone should be recording a podcast. I hope with their conversations. I hope this part's not in it, or you at least clarify that we do not actually say horrible shit. We don't actually say horrible shit. I will leave this okay. in here. Okay. Yeah, my lips are nice and hydrated now. I've been rocking this chapstick. So all right, well. It's going to be a good year. All right, and we will see you guys next week. Take care. Have a good week. Bye.